Hi, I'm Caleb. And I'm Daniel. And this is the Ancient Bible Podcast. So this is Psalm 133, part two. And uh, listeners, don't let Caleb lie to you. We've already (laughs) done this, but uh, he deleted it uh, because he got angry and he started Donkey Kong (laughs) smashing stuff. He didn't like something the way it came out. So now... uh, We had audio issues. Yeah, now he's uh, he's broke because he spent all his money on new equipment after he broke it, <laughs> and we're going to try again. So hopefully he doesn't get angry. Stay calm, all right. I'll try. I'll try. So we we did this already, and then we did Psalm one thirty six, and now we're coming back to Psalm one thirty three to actually record it this time and not lose it because you actually just didn't record part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a you have an audio file somewhere of me sounding brilliant to nobody <laughs> and responding to people who aren't there and I sound like a very well-read crazy person. <laughs> like he knows what he's talking about with Psalm 133 but nobody cares. Why does he keep responding like that? Why does he keep responding? Why is he banging a desk about it? Who is he talking to? Yeah, he's preaching. Okay, so do you have the girls' song set up for this, or are you going to like refer to it and then put it in later? Can we actually do it in real time? Yeah, I have it here. You want to you wanna play just verse 1? Just the beginning until they finish singing verse 1, and then we'll talk about verse 1. So they started singing and what they missed off is is a superscription, which is fine because they just want to sing the song, but we're reading the text. So we need to start with the superscription. So you want to read the superscription for us, please, sir? Shir Hama'alot Le David. All right. And we have done this before, so I'm not looking at any of your stuff on it, any of your like notes or anything. But what do you have for for this noun phrase? Uh, it's a psalm or a song of ascents of of David by David for David in regard to David. Song of the ascents, Le David, Le David. I brought it up last time. Uh, I'm sure you you could find like published really good stuff on it. But I, I mentioned. Uh, a fellow student of mine, a fellow 
classmate of mine. Well, we were both students uh, in my undergrad years. Miss Ashley Hatchett, who's now Mrs. Ashley somebody else. Uh, I forget her. I don't know her. Sorry, Ashley. But she wrote a paper on Lamids and superscriptions of the Psalms. And she her conclusion was this is a Lamid of attribution, which is not not really it's not saying that David is not the author of these, but it's not really concerned with that. It's more of these are the Davidic Psalms. These are the ones that are attributed to him. Okay. Okay, well, so if you have any questions on that, uh, you can go find Ashley Hatchett. I, I need to find her new name. Uh, pretty sure we're Facebook friends, so you could ask her, hey, give me your paper from 2004 or five <laughs> <laughs> from your undergrad class. So it's uh, Song of the Ascents, Le David, and then we have verse one. You want to read it? Sure. Hine Matov Vumanaim Shevet Achim Gam Yachad. Now, folks, Caleb messed this up on the first round, and now he's trying to. This is like a bad. This is like a bad karate demonstration. This is what it is. When somebody gives an unrealistic karate, like, or when somebody is showing you how to do a knife disarm on the internet, they show those terrible videos of how somebody without a knife disarms somebody with a knife, and they don't get cut. Come at that's, me like that's, this. <laughs> that's absolutely that only works when somebody is intentionally doing the wrong thing and not actually being in a real life kind of mode scenario. So Caleb is not in a real life mode scenario because he knows that he uh, made a mistake on purpose. And what was it? Uh, I I pronounced it Vuma. Why would you do such a silly thing? Because I'm giving you a chance to explain to to new Hebrew students why it's not Vu. I don't care about them. I care about you. I already explained it to you. Why don't you tell them? Because in front of Mem, Pei, and, oh, what was the other one? There's a, there's a couple of them. There's a few of them, but yeah. it's actually helpful, a little mnemonic device to help it, as we call it the bump rule. So think of a capital B, a lowercase u, and a capital M, and a capital P. Okay. So, so before the B, M, and P is U. Okay. But it's not vu. It's never, it's not vu. That's not a consonant vav plus a u type vowel. That's just a u type vowel. That's only a shurek. So that'll that never thing. be a vu. Well, kind of like uh, holum vav is not vo or ov. Okay. It's just the, the vav is there indicating a vowel. And there's two kinds of vowels that the vav can indicate. One of them, so like you had hine matov, there's the the vav right there in tov with a whole right. whole vav. We don't say we don't say tov like it's a bunch of these. It's just tov, <laughs> and we don't say vu because it's not a consonant. It's functioning as a vowel there. That one's called shurek, and you know that. I do know that. I think it confuses me because in David it does function as a consonant, so it just kind of throws me with the right. But it's not a vowel, right? It's actually a consonant there because the only vowels that Vav can make is a holum Vav or a Shurek. And you see the dot is at the very bottom. That means it's Hirik. So that's an I-type vowel. So David, not Daid. Look at this lesson people are getting for free. It's pretty awesome, man. Pretty he awesome. Hebrew Phonology 101. 
Yeah, just don't don't try to get me to pronounce the I in the right way. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say it like a European person. <laughs> okay, so he named Matov Umanaim Sheva Achim Gam Yachad. Where's the verb? What's the verb? Let's parse the verb. Shove it. Hey man, don't talk to me like that. You can shove it. Shove it. You can shove it. <laughs> parse it. Uh, I'm gonna cheat and look at my software still, even That's though I fine. even though I know the answer. So it's a Cal infinitive construct. Yeah, and you know, for people who might be doing biblical languages for the first time by themselves or with a small group, or if uh, you did it before and now you're trying to refresh, you're going to use your, you're going to use digital tools. You're going to use logos. You're going to use accordance. You're going to use Bible works. You're going to use something on the internet. You know, you're going to use something to help you out. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, it's kind of like on Indiana Jones when he's talking to his dad on on the Holy Grail one. And they lose the journal and he asks his dad, why can't you remember all this stuff? And he says, I wrote it down so I wouldn't have to remember. <laughs> and that's kind of like. Was that your of, Sean Connery impression? Yeah, man. It's amazing. Sean, that's the best Sean Connery impression you've ever heard. That Daryl Hammond dude on Saturday Night Live. I taught him everything he knows. You remember that Daryl Hammond? One? Anyway, they, when they did do the Celebrity Jeopardy, the Celebrity Jeopardies back in the day with oh, yeah. Sean Connery was the best. Oh, yes. <laughs> but he said, I wrote it down so I wouldn't have to remember. A lot of this stuff's already written down. You don't have to remember. Right. But like the good professor, uh, you, you still understand the thinking behind it. It's written down so you don't have to remember, but then you can quickly be reminded of why this is the case. Right. Okay. So it's it's a fast way to get back to what you've already learned. So... Shevet, you see already, uh, just in just by look using your parsing software, the the verb root form. What is it? It comes from what? Yeshav. Yeshav. What kind of weak verb is that? Uh, it's a one yod. Where do we find one yod information in our BHRG grammar? I think it's section eighteen. Section eighteen. Well, let's look. I could be wrong about that. So, no, section- I'm right. Yeah, section 18 is irregular verbs. Section uh, 18.6. 18. No, sorry, 18.7. 18. 18.7 is one yod and one vav. And the new edition that starts on page 123. So we're going to page 123. We've been using this section a lot recently, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. And it's all it's all written down here too. All this all this grammar, it's all written here in BHRG. You know, you need to know some basics, but you don't have to remember every little thing. You can come here and use your reference tool. But that takes time. Well, yeah, but when you do it a few times and you get really good and you get fast at it, then you remember that stuff and yeah. you already do the weak verb section was chapter 18 because you've done it a bunch. Yeah. So you just keep doing it slow, 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 and then all of a sudden you're fast. Well, they say when I used to work in restaurants, I would say uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Yeah. Yeah, so be smooth. So yeshav, yeshav is actually the the example paradigm verb given here. And we can follow it down and we can see how the one yod disappears in the imperfect. And then we can go a little further down and see the infinitive, how that one yod is not there. And there's a tav for the infinitive construct that gets suffixed, that gets tacked on at the end.
So that's how we know. So this is Cal Infinitive Construct from Yashab Shevet. And uh, the girls in the song, how did they translate this? Party. Yeah, so if you look it up in one of your lexica, it will tell you live, dwell together, sit down, remain sitting, that kind of thing. Yeah. But what is the context of this? What is the sheer hama'alot? It's the ascent. Ascent to what? To the temple, to Jerusalem. Yeah, this is a celebratory context. I don't have it on me. The first time we recorded this, actually, I was in my office. I had Kraus on me. We were referring to Kraus. And uh, I'll try and remember some of that. But but Kraus talks about the, the celebratory festal context of this, of going up to, to Jerusalem for for celebration. So everybody's together. They're all going there for the same purpose. Psalm 133 says, Behold how good and how pleasant, how lovely, how wonderful it is. Shevet achim gam yachan. So the partying together of brothers, the dwelling together of brothers. But that dwelling together is living this, you know, celebration. All right, let's go. Uh, if we were in a synagogue, we would stop there. Uh, if it's 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 a beautiful song. There's there's other versions of this. This is a popular synagogue song. If you go to any synagogue, uh, any any Shabbat of the year, you're likely to hear this, but they, they generally, the, the traditional version of this only sings verse one. And uh, Same with the kids' praise tapes. Yeah, well, the kids' praise tapes, I think, is the traditional version. It's just yeah. kids singing it. But it's that, um, that, uh, that, that's the traditional version, that way of doing it. And you can do it in that rhythm or that style for the other two verses i just if you go to synagogue you don't really hear that so i like the way the twins have laid this down because we get all three of them and i think the punch of it's in verse three so uh let's listen to the girls sing verse two. Oh, we need to introduce this also we, we did it on the first one but not now that's like the first one for the folks listening who don't have the lost file of only me talking to myself <laughs> but these this is the two bethany's from my time at Houston Baptist University, they were also Hebrew students, and they, they're not actually twins. They just they both had the same name, and they were best friends, always were everywhere together, so people called them the twins. And they made this version of Psalm 133 for Hebrew class to use and sing together and study and as, our, as part of our learning together. Uh, and I still use it. And uh, whenever I teach Hebrew to somebody, it's one of the first things that I like to use. And you can find it for free on MAP. Uh, MAP is a website made by the NIDA Institute for those in the Bible translation community, but anybody can go on there and there's a lot of cool resources. MAP.bloomfire.com, MAP.bloomfire.com. Go check it out. Search for Psalm 133 or the twins and it'll pop up. Okay, so here's the twins, verse two, and then we'll talk about it. Soil runs down upon the head, upon the bearded Aaron. 
Verse two, you want to read it for us, please, sir. Kashemen hatov al harush yared al hazak yeah hazakan zekan aharon no aharon nadache shared al pimid. Okay, let's do this one again. Midotav. Yeah, she yored al pimidotav. Let's go back to the first one a little bit. Try that again. This is actually this is this is interesting, especially the way the girls do it in the song. We didn't we, when we recorded this the first time. We didn't actually talk about this. I forgot to bring it up. So let's do it right now. Try that first form again. That first uh, two parter. Kashemen hatov. Yeah. Well, no, no. Just the the, the, the two parter is the first form, right? Okay. So yeah. So what do you see there morphologically? Preposition. Preposition cough plus. Uh, patach. No, no, no. Well, I'm not the vowels, but oh. like, what's what? What comes after it? Shemin. Yeah. So you have a preposition. This is a prepositional phrase, right? So it's preposition and the object of the preposition noun. Okay. So if we look just at the pronunciation, though, we have this cough with the uh, a-type vowel and then a double sheen, right? Right. So it's kosh shemin. Because there's two sheens, right? Uh, so the first syllable is kash. Kash. The second syllable is she. And the third syllable is men. Okay. All right, you following? Yeah. All right, how did the girls sing it? They sing it just kash men. Not even that. It's almost like they had a silent shiva. They say kash men. Yeah. Kash men hatov. Yeah. And they do that, maybe this is why you don't really sing it. You know, maybe this is why you don't sing verses two and three in a synagogue because those vowels are kind of hard to pack together. So the girls shortened it for the sake of being able to fit it in uh, at, at, the right, at the right time. And you'll also notice that they, they sing the translation of it in English, but they don't sing al pi midotav in verse two. Right. It's, it's simply, it's, it's too many sounds. For the uh, for the amount of space they have to fit it in, right? So they they do the in English to the mouth of his robes, la la la. They do that, but they they stop at at aharon when they're right. singing the part. And you know, like we talked about when we recorded this first time, we can we can judge translations for our preferences and stuff, but we really need to evaluate a translation of something. And this song is, even though it's got Hebrew in it, the song is a translation of it. It's bringing it to a new medium, new form, and has part of it in a new language. The translation has to serve the translation purposes, which is in the translation purposes are normally tailored to whoever's going to receive the translation. So if, you know, the point of this song is to get all three verses in there, you're learning some Hebrew you're, and you're, you're understanding the English that follows it. So, in that way, I think that we can grant them a little poetic license to shorten that vowel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so kash shemen, or if we're going to go fast, kashmen. <laughs> kash shemen hatov. 
Al Harosh Yored. So how did you how did you translate this first phrase? Uh like the oil, the precious, so kind of like the the precious or good oil. Mm-hmm. On the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. I went too far there, but that's kind of you have to. Yeah, so we have first this noun and then the adjective tov with it. How do we know that it is not you? You translated that as an attributive adjective, like the good or the precious oil. How do we know it's not the oil is like the oil is precious? Uh, because they're both definite. Yeah, that A type vowel underneath the preposition cough lets us know that there was a definite article hay there. I got the hay out of there when the cough came in. <laughs> right? So like the tovo, like the good oil, like the precious oil, al-harosh on the head. Then parse verb? Uh, that's a cow participle masculine singular. Yeah, it's a cow participle masculine singular from? From yurad. Yurad. There is a... Technically, this is a weak verb, but there's nothing. There's no weakness shown. Like it, like this is a one yod, but there's nothing weird going. There's nothing missing that right. we need to look up. Follows the OA pattern, so yeah, pretty simple. It's a, it's a cal participle. Right. Okay. So, like the oil running, um, participles. We did this last time. Participles are verbal adjectives, <laughs> right? You're going to have to walk in forgiveness. That's okay. Participles <laughs> participles are verbal adjectives, right? Yes. How is this participle functioning? Uh, it's saying what the oil is doing. Right. So this isn't real. This isn't acting like an adjective very much, even though the formation, even though we know participles can act like adjectives and sometimes even they can act like nouns when they're substantives, this one is more acting like what we would call in English an ing verb, right? Right. Yeah. So like the oil, the good oil running on the head, running down or going down, al-hazakan. On the, on the beard or? Yeah, on the beard. Zekan aharon. Which is, again, the beard of Aaron because... Aaron's definite. Yeah, so this is this is this is true apposition. This is one hundred percent. Last time in Psalm one thirty six, we talked about it's that's it's not even really up. But the the renaming of Yahweh that we saw in one thirty six uh, is you know whenever you you have a noun that gets renamed by other nouns or other noun phrases, that's generally what we call apposition. But most of the time, they happen right back to back. They're not separated by other constituents <laughs> but uh here we have this is true very simple apposition so it's the beard and the beard gets renamed and not just renamed but expand we get more information so it's surprising it's a it's a very very surprising good thing it's an attention getter it's on the beard not just anybody's beard aaron's beard okay so now this is also giving us a little more context, a little more information about the celebratory context that we're in. Because it's the high priest. 
well, yeah, we're getting information about this oil. It's like the oil. So it's like the oil, the good oil on not just anybody's beard, Aaron's beard. So what kind of oil is this? It's anointing oil. Yeah, this is some special oil. Okay, then we have another we have another form of yo red, but par par's this one because it's weird. Uh Shay Yo Red. Yeah, it's Shay so that's a conjunction. Yeah, are you making a mistake on purpose again? No, that's actually what my parsing software says. See, and this is why it's good to work backwards and not always trust your parsing software. Right. Are you is that Weevu? No, uh, that's BHS in Logos's database. It has it as conjunction with the Cal participle. Is it possible? Sorry, folks, if this is boring to you, but I'm incredibly interested now. Is there? Is it possible for you to get some like uh, like uh, bibliographic information about the, the 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 tagging that you're using? Like, my question is: Are you using the Westminster morphology? Uh, it says, I guess I can, or, it, I can, or is that their, is that their in-house database? Um, Morphos syntactic database of Eptalstra and the free university Amsterdam. Ooh, so that is part of Weevu. Yeah. That's part of Weevu. That's the morphological part of Weevu. I guess so. Well, yeah. Dog, I think you need to send them an email and you need to say, I have a correction for you. <laughs> this is not a conjunction. This is a relative pronoun. This is a share. This is what we call apocopated. You yeah. remember we, we used the four, we word apocopated? We were talking about justives. I, I do actually remember that. It means shortened, correct? Yeah, it just means short. But you'll hear, you'll hear the grammar nerds use it. So you just need to know what the word means. It just means short, but you just need to know what it means. But it's, it's a short form. So this is an apocopated form of a share. Which is funny because that's what it has down in Weevu in the definition it has that which the one so this could very well just be a typo like not like a big mistake but maybe no. it's just a typo where they they meant to put relative pronoun and instead they put conjunction it says conjunctive in weevu too huh hmm. well i totally disagree i have never once seen a share act as a conjunction and uh if somebody would like to show me a share being a conjunction uh, I will I will love you and hail you as a knower of knowledge that I possess. <laughs> uh, it's very, 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 very cool stuff, particularly the, you know, the syntactic stuff that they get into. But but that is not a conjunction. This is a short form of us share. So it's who, which or that. And it is referring back to oil, referring back to Shimon. So it's like the good oil which is on the head, running down the beard, Aaron's beard, which is running down, or which goes down, al pimidotav, which goes to the mouth of his robes. So we have this, if we're going to, a full parsing of this is apocopated form of a share plus cow participle masculine singular from your head. Right. So again, this is this is this is one where this is probably just for convention of the song, just to fit, you know, putting a, a whole a share into this verse adds another two syllables that make it harder to sing. Right. So are there? Uh, and this may get off topic, but are there other places? I would assume that in the Psalms you might see it happen where a share gets shortened to that. Yeah, I'd like to do a search. Um, not right now, but I would like to find all of them. 
and be able to say which ones are are that. Here, uh, I'm using the Westminster database on Accordance, and Accordance has their own in-house database, which I'm not using right now because I found more problems in that one. But the the Westminster, I think, has been gone over so many times and been revived and been checked so many of the time. I believe it started in 1993. So it's a, it's a very reliable morphological database. I know some people think that morphological databases are already kind of old fashioned, but there's, there's so much you can do with morphological databases. If you know how that's the great thing about structuralism, Structur structuralism as a, as a worldview and as a linguistic worldview doesn't have to be a hundred percent correct to be useful. So using the structuralist tools of breaking things up into morphological parts gives you a lot of power with, uh, with good searching software. So there's a lot that can be done even without the syntax stuff. But, um, but that's why I think you need to have uh, a morphological database that is very, 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 very reliable. And I so, may have something on here that I don't know about. Well, I'm sure I'm sh I'd be willing to bet that you have the Westminster database on your logo somewhere. You just might have your default settings uh, going with Weavu because Weavu has all that other cool stuff with it besides right. the topology. Okay, so do you? So we verse two. We good on that? Does that feel good? Yeah. Okay. Well, at least down to the the LP Midotov. That's then to to the mouth of his robes. To the mouth of his robes. There, there's a question there. Um, is there a question or was there just a question for me? Yeah, so what do you think the mouth of a robe is? I guess the place where it opens. Yeah, and so that's the question. Is it the top or the bottom? Is it his collar? Or is it talking about, is it dripping from the head to the beard to the collar? I think that's most likely. I think that's probably correct. But I, uh, or at least when when me and Ashley Hatchett did this together back in undergrad, I remember uh, people talking about how it might also be like, the, like the, the, the very bottom of his robes, where it's like dripping all the way down his robes and then like onto his feet or onto the floor from the, the bottom of his robes. Hmm. I think collar is probably more likely, but uh, I wish I had Krauss in front of me because Krauss would probably say, no, this is what it is. Let's listen to the girls sing verse three. Verse three for us. Ketal Hermon Sheyored Al Hare. 
ציון, כי שם ציווה אדוני את האור יאווה, את הברכה חיים עד העולם. חיים. חיים, סורי. אוקיי, so verbs, we have a she or red again, apocopated form of a share plus you read, yes. Cal participle message singular, you read. Right. What else? Siva. Parzit. It's a PL, I know that. How do you know? Because it has a hyric as the first vowel and the second consonant is doubled. Yep. Um, and it's a third masculine singular because that's the basic form. Yep. And by the way, this one is doubly weak, but it's it's in the 3MS form. It's in a perfect 3MS form, so it's easy. Right. Okay. So something like he commanded. Okay. Uh, do you have a translation for verse 3? Something like, like the dew of Hermon, uh, which again, running, which is running on the mountains of Zion. Because there he commanded Yahweh. So Yahweh commanded the blessing of life unto the ages or forever or Olam. Cool. Great. Very good. So we have Ketal Charmon Sheyored Al Harez And as you just translated that, is the Dew of Hermon, which runs on the mounts of Zion or on the foothills of Zion, something like that. And as we talked about in the now lost episode, this is weird. This is very weird because Mount Hermon is way far up north, away from Jerusalem. And we know Zion is the, the spiritual name for Jerusalem. So what do we do with this? How can, how can the dew of a mountain that's way too far away from Jerusalem for any liquid to travel there, travel there? I don't know. I don't know either. And some commentators like Krauss have said it, it doesn't. And uh, Krauss, among others, Krauss is actually, I forget, I'm just remembering right now. There's a, a scholar prior to him who I believe suggested this and Krauss found it convincing. But he suggests that Zion needs to be changed, needs to be amended to Eon, uh, which actually that Sade would then become an Ion which I'm probably mispronouncing because I'm treating it silently instead of actually as a guttural stop that it is, but we've been doing that this whole time with all the alls, whatever. So this is probably Eon, and Eon is apparently a place I've never heard of, but it's apparently closer to Hermon. So that seems to make more sense. Others have said that this is simply meaning that the kind of uh, refreshing morning scene the kind of uh, morning imagery of the dew of Hermon, that kind of, you know, pleasant, nice dew is the same scene. It's the same image that you would find also on the Harezi on the, the, the foothills or on the, the hills of Zion. So the idea is that uh, in this other explanation that, It's talking about Zion and this very kind of morning, pretty, pleasant scene uh, that people associated already with Mount Hermon. So let's wrap this up for what we see here in the BHS, and then we'll talk about the Dead Sea Scrolls. 
uh, and then I think we'll be done. But let's just let's look at this structurally for what we have so far. So ignoring the superscription, we know it's a Shir Hamalot David. It's the Song of the Ascents of David. So the first premise, the first statement, the first uh, hine, get your attention statement is how good, how pleasant parting brothers altogether, right? Look how, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell, live, party together in this celebratory festal procession to Jerusalem, right? That's what it means. Right. Okay. Then we get to preposition cough statements. And this is important. This actually, this is, uh, it's like, so it's like, what is like? Well, already, what are we, what are we comparing? The, the assembly. The Shevet Achim Gam Yachad. Right. Yeah, so the dwelling together of brothers, the parting together of family, this be, this life together in this celebration. It is like the precious oil or the good oil on the head running down the beard, Aaron's beard, which runs down to the mouth of his robes. Then another, it is like. Ka, it is like what's like the Sheva Echim Gamyacha, the living together, the, the dwelling together, the partying together of family, is like the dew of Mount Hermon, which another Sheyoret, which is going down or which goes down, which descends on the hills of Zion. So the dwelling together of brothers is like this oil and it's like this dew. Then we have a key, and the key might be because, the key might be indeed. Um, I think there's a good case for a, a, a causal key here, but it's more just stating why is this good? Why is this Tov and Naim? It's like these two things, and it's Tov and Naim because, or maybe even indeed, so there, where's the there? In the dwelling together. Yeah, this is really cool. This is what's fun about infinitives is infinitives can be treated. I mean, infinitives work as a noun, so we can refer back to them uh, or we can make comparisons with them like with these prepositional phrases. We can refer and then we can refer back to it as a, as a place, as a, a there. This living together of brothers, this parting together of brothers is a place. So there, it's a location. You can point to it. Sham. Sham Siva Yahweh, the blessing of life, the blessing eternal life. So uh, let me give my little spiel here that I gave on the now missing episode. But, you know, I grew up in a Southern Baptist home with Southern Baptist theology. And I thought that eternal life had, I thought eternal life started when you died. And this, I learned this psalm, and it completely changed my mind. And eternal life does not start when you die. Eternal life is commanded in, Yahweh has commanded the blessing, eternal life, there. And where's the there? In the Sheva Achim Gam Yachad, in the dwelling together, the parting together of brothers, of family. Hmm. So, that should be a good devotional thought for the day. The Bible messing with your theology? Oh, goodness. Can't have that. Imagine that. So what does the Dead Sea Scrolls say? Let's pull those up. Uh, I am not looking at 
Emmanuel Tove's book right in front of me, but I suggest that folks go look at Emmanuel Tove's book on textual criticism of the Hebrew Bible, at least the second edition, but the newest third edition is even better. And uh, that's a, that's a famous book. It is, it is a famous book because a, a, a pro changed his mind in public. And he said, I thought something and I learned that I was not precise. I was kind of wrong. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing, wonderful book. One of the things I learned in that book is he has a chart of all the different copies of Dead Sea Scrolls materials. And you see there's like, you know, obviously there's some books of the Bible that the Dead Sea Scrolls doesn't have anything of. And then they have, you know, one of this and two of this. And I think there's 16 copies of Genesis, some of them uh, block script Hebrew, uh, like, like we're like we're used to in some of it in paleo Hebrew. And then the Psalms, I believe there's 36 copies. Oh, wow. And like the next most frequent was Genesis. Again, I'm not looking that in front of me. Somebody needs to open up that book and fact check me, give me the page number. I have it at my office. I don't have it here, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like double. I mean, it's at least double. It's like, there's at least twice as many copies of the Psalms as the next most copied book of the Bible. And then after that, it really kind of, kind of drops off. So Psalms was incredibly important. Psalms is uh, the way my, my old Hebrew professor, Jamie John, say it is people like today uh, in the ancient world, people learn their theology on their iPods right. or on the radio. Right. And we, we sometimes treat the book of Psalms as if it's just like a hymnal or it's like this is ancient Israel's praise and worship book. And so if you want to learn real theology, you need to go somewhere else because this is just, you know, this is like the first part of your worship service where you just do the singing. And the real part is the sermon part, and that's what you really need to learn. But actually, what the data from the archaeology and Psalms tells us is that people learned their stuff through singing it. They learned it through Psalms. It's uh, it's the most copied book of the Old Testament. Wow. And it's interesting where there's some differences, because in Psalm 133, verse 3 here, it is not the same. It doesn't end with the blessing eternal life. What does it end with? Uh, well, what do you mean? I guess. Are you looking at it? I yeah. am. I don't understand the question. Sorry. So Psalm 133 verse three in the Biblia Hebraica Stukartensia ends with the, the Sham Siva is Sham Siva Yahweh et Haberka Chaim Ad HaOlam. Right. In the Dead Sea Scrolls, it has... He actually, it's Shama, directional hey, Siva, Yahweh, written in Paleo Hebrew. Et Haberka Ad Olam Shalom al Yisrael. Right, right. The peace of Israel. Yeah, eternal. Yeah, so the blessing unto forever, unto the ages, or eternally, Shalom al Yisrael, peace over Israel. Or Shalom over wholeness, however you want to translate Shalom. So the Dead Sea Scrolls say something like the blessing is the peace of Israel or eternally. Yeah. yeah. We still, we still have Ad Olam in there. Right. But instead of eternal Chaim Ad HaOlam, this is Ad Olam Shalom Al Yisrael. So it's unto forever, unto eternity, unto the ages, unto very, 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 very long distant time. Shalom Al Yisrael. 
And uh, I was conjecturing before, just making stories up in my head that if you are persuaded by the scholarly arguments about the Essenes, or if you are persuaded about the scholarly arguments of it, at least maybe not a, maybe not some whole separate community, but maybe at least some, some rebel priests from Jerusalem who were hiding texts or maybe making new texts, uh, copying texts to preserve them, but maybe pulling some out of the corrupt temple and hiding them somewhere for safekeeping. This might be hugely significant. Um, this, this, this might preach differently. To me, as a Southern Baptist kid, the Masoretic text version of Psalm 133 preached something to me. But if I was an ancient Israelite living in this period of Herod, or at least the, the Hasmonean period where, you know, that's Herod's family, and I see things getting corrupted, and I see my country uh, getting used again. You know, it's like we had this, just had this great time with the, the Maccabees of, uh, of, uh, freedom and, and some self-determination and and now it's getting corrupted and what do we need ad olam we need shalom al Yisrael. and maybe that's I'm just thinking and maybe that's not the situation at all maybe maybe the Qumran situation is different but there are nonetheless textual differences here between the Masoretic text version and the Dead Sea Scrolls version and it's, it's interesting and I think if uh, we are going to be people who read the Bible, we need to read all the Bibles. And there's two different Bibles for Psalm 133. Now, you didn't address it all. The like, uh, uh, there's also some spelling differences. Yeah, there's spelling differences with yods. Yeah, let's point those out real quick. So let's go back in Psalm one. I just skipped ahead to verse three, but in Psalm 133, Dead Sea Scrolls, verse one uh, and two, we also have some differences you want to walk us through those uh so in verse one david's name is spelled with a yod a full yeah yeah full <laughs> form uh and then that's it for verse one verse two yored is spelled with a holum or with a vav i mean Holom Vav. <laughs> right. We would we would assume that the Vav there is indicating a Holom Vav, right? That's the that's that's what it's doing. I mean I, I that's what it is. They obviously don't have the points because it's the Dead Sea Scrolls. Well it's kind of following that too, like an Aaron's name and all that. So it's it seems to be that's their preferred way of spelling things. Until Until you get to Midotav. No well yeah, that's true, but also um on the Yored, She Yored. Oh, yes. The That's... first Yored, they spell fully with the Vav, indicating Holom Vav. And then in the first She Yored, in verse 2, so it's Yored Al uh, Hazakan Zakana Haron, She Yored. That one is spelled short way. Right. Al P. Mid it's not even Midotav. It's like mid Midav or something. Yeah. Yeah. Measurement length so i think that's why actually people think it might go all the way to the bottom because it's to the mouth of his length so it's it's thinking about robes in terms of uh, covering the whole body so maybe not just collar there 
Okay. And then I think, other than now, the next Shayo Red is spelled with the Vav. Verse. Uh, it's in verse three, the Ketel Haron. All right, and that's any it. other spelling differences? Everything else looks the same. Cool, man. So that's Psalm 133. If you don't know any Hebrew, you can uh, just listen to the twins sing it and learn it phonetically. Not you, but folks listening. I know you know it. Well, yeah, yeah. I still listen to it. All right. Well, what are we going to do next time? Are we going to do part two of Psalm? So folks listening to this, are you going to put this uh, – Psalm 133 first, even though it's actually episode three. I, yeah, probably. I'll probably make this episode one. So episode, the true episode <laughs> one is missing. Episode two is going to be episode two. And episode three is now going to be episode one because the real episode one is missing. Yeah. It's like inception in podcast. So episode four is going to be following up on episode two, where we started one, Psalm 136, but we didn't finish it. So next time we'll finish Psalm 136. Yeah, and it'll be people's third podcast, even though it's our fourth. Well, maybe, maybe after that one we can stop telling people that. Yeah, I think so. I think we can, can move on. Maybe we'll actually have it organized in a <laughs> organized fashion. We'll get there.